longer. Well, hello again, listeners. This is Jamie Yell's Podspace. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for tuning in yet again. I'm coming to you with another powerful message from God from me to you. Um, I hope you guys had a wonderful day. I know that it's, it's just Monday. It's just the beginning of the week. And you guys are probably thinking, don't, you know, ask me how I'm doing when it gets Friday. <laughs> you know, I get it. But um, praise God that you took time out of your day to, to tune in to this message. Um, so, guys, we're going to jump right on in. We're going to have a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today, Father, thanking you and praising you and giving you glory, Father, just for who you are, Lord. I pray that this second continuation of grace on a tree, Father God, would um, touch the hearts of everyone that's listening, Lord. I pray that um, that you would point those interests, those things for me that I need to, to share with everyone, Lord. That's for your glory, Father. I thank you for this day, this beautiful weather. I thank you for um, uh, keeping everyone safe, Lord, all the listeners out there um, and things like that. Everyone safe, Father God. I thank you for being the head of our lives and seeing everything and still loving us, Lord, because you are the very essence of what love is. And um, I pray that, Lord, that um, more and more people would want to tune in and hear the good news of this message, Father God. And all of these things I pray amen all right in case um you guys just heard that again that uh i'm gonna be doing a second um i'm gonna be continuing on continuing on with grace on a tree the second part okay so the first episode what we were talking about we were we already had got into jesus we were talking about how the old law and the old testament how um the, the people in that time had to make sacrifices like for their sins to God. So they had to sacrifice um, lambs and animals and things like that. Uh, but it had to go through a priest like a priest had to do that. And then, um, you know, they would put it on the altar. But um, that's the old covenant. Now covenant, which means agreement. Now the new agreement that God has because the old law couldn't it didn't do anything he sent his son he sent himself um down in the form of a baby uh which is jesus christ and um he was fully jesus was fully man and he was fully god you know and he sent him down to mary and joseph and um the whole will that the father had for jesus was to um to come down and to, to die as the, the human lamb, the human, even though he's not an animal, he's a he's man and he's God, but he came down as a human lamb, a human sacrifice, because the animals didn't, didn't, couldn't, the animals couldn't uh, take the place of, of the so much sin that was going on in the world. And we needed a human sacrifice that would cover over the blood uh, of all of our sins, you know. So uh, he sent his son Jesus um, to to do that for us. So um, that is the good news that they say. That is the good news. So praise God for that. Okay. So today, um, 
we're going to just talk a little bit more about Jesus. Um, okay, so we're going to turn to We're going to turn to, um, let's go, wait a minute. Just a second, guys. Okay. Baptism. I'm trying to get to just the death of Jesus, and I'm just struggling to, you know, two different places, like which one would really talk the most about, about Jesus. All right, let's, I think, yeah, so... Jesus, um, Jesus is from Nazareth, um, and, um, at this time, let's go to, um, Luke 23, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let's go to Luke 22, chapter 22, Twenty-two, let's start there. I don't think this is, I'm just really trying to get to the part where, um, okay. Um, it says, and he said, I tell you, Peter, uh, the rooster shall crow, shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. Verse 35. And he said to them, when I sent you without money, without a money bag, knapsack and sandals, did you lack anything? And they said, no, nothing. Okay, at this time. As this time, this was the feast of uh, unleavened bread, and um, um, Jesus, the cup was getting ready to be fulfilled, um, and um, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, was getting ready to come and um, gather up the chief priests and the uh, the officers to arrest Jesus. And um, Jesus knew that his that they were coming. He knew that it was the time now for him to die. So. Um, at this time, you know, he was telling Peter uh, and them that because they didn't really understand the reason why Jesus kept saying that uh, he has to go. He kept saying that he, he's going to he's going to be gone, but then we'll see him again. And that's why. Um, uh, Peter said well, he just said that, you know, I'll go with you. He said, Lord, I'll go with you wherever you go. 
And um, I just want to jump to where it says, um, coming out, this is verse 39, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was as accustomed, and he prayed also followed, also followed him. And his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, Jesus prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Okay, let's just stop here. Okay, so um, Jesus is telling the disciples to watch, you know, to watch out, to wait, and to see if uh, these people are coming in to arrest him. So he's telling them to be alert. And um, while he's doing that, they ended up falling asleep. So Jesus uh, separated himself, went over there to pray to God. Once again, he knew that the will was for him to come down and to die. Ultimately, that's, that was the plan that God had for him. But as you can see here, which shows that he is fully human like us, he um, he, he, he was, you know, in, in just so much agony, so much pain, like he had the entire world on his shoulders to the fact that this is an actual condition where you you um where you actually have instead of sweat it's blood coming out of your pores and i can't forget the name of it but i'll probably have to share that with you guys another day but there is an actual condition where you could just be so stressed out um that you blood can actually come out of your pores but you have to be in extreme distress and jesus experienced that much so and it was very painful he, he experienced physical mental and emotional distress and agony and um every time you know he he, he prayed that you know he knew Je he knew god's answer and you know he just that's why he said if it was if it's your will lord <clears throat> let it be done but please take this cup away from me this is so painful you know my flesh doesn't like this my flesh is is suffering right now but i love you and i want to do your will so an angel appeared to him from heaven strengthening him an angel you know they that it, it, we're talking about that in a minute we're getting ready to go there in a minute actually so ver go, jump down to verse 46. He says, Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, unless you enter in temptation. And while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude of people, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? God already knew. Jesus already knew that Judas was going to betray him. I mean, he's like I said, he's fully God and he's fully man. Um, he already knew that uh, Judas, when he came to came to see Jesus and the disciples, he already told the um, chief priest, he already said, the one that I go up to the kiss, that's the one you arrest. You know, so God is just like, you've been with me. Jesus is like, you just, you've been with me this entire ministry, you know, which is his whole ministry was about, 
um, three and a half years, you know, and, and you mean to tell me you're going to betray me? I fed you, I clothed you, you know, so not only that, he's experienced betrayal. And I think that's a lot, you know, a lot of people in this world can relate to that. That's another thing that um, just makes him like understand. It says in, and um, makes us understand him. It says that, but we have a high priest now, guys, we have a high priest who is familiar with all of our pains. Just a second. It says um, in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 that we do not have a high priest that is unable or cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one a man god who was tempted in all points just as we were yet without sin let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace okay so yeah god is familiar jesus was familiar with all of our pains that's one of the reasons why god chose to send his only begotten son it says in john three sixteen. That for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believed him should not perish but have eternal life. So he sent his only son in, into the world as an example to us. Like, you know, he is human. He, he, he knows every single thing that we've experienced. He knows pain. He, he's familiar with grief. He's familiar with temptations of the flesh. He's familiar with um, persons being selfish, betrayal. He knows all of these things because he was human just like we are, you know. So let's. Um, so, yeah, so they came and they, they came to arrest Jesus. And, um, of course, um, Peter, Peter, uh, Simon Peter, he ended up cutting off a servant, one of the servants of the chief priest because he was upset, you know, them taking Jesus and, um, Jesus, you know, rebuked him. Um, he says, And one of them struck the servants, which was, we know, Simon Peter in another chapter of the high priest's. And cut off his ear. But Jesus answered and said, permit this, permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed it. So Jesus performed a miracle right in the eyes of the chief priests, the servants, Judas. Like literally, imagine someone's ear cut off and then you're putting your hand over it and it's restored. Jesus did an actual miracle right in front of them and they still still chose to kill him still chose to crucify him so um so jesus ended up um being arrested and he went um he went in front of Pilate, and um you know, they were basically trying to get him to lie. But, you know, Jesus is God. He can't tell a lie. So they were trying to get him to deny the fact that um, he wasn't God. That was their claim to, to of arresting him because they needed a reason. But, um, you know, so it, when Jesus kept saying, you know, that he is the son of man and that he does the will of God and that 
you know, he, he was just telling them he came to save the world. They, they thought that was blasphemy because they were going by the word. They were going by the law of God. But they but the new law, the old that was the old law. The, the new law now is that God writes this word on our hearts. It's not by any religious activity or anything like that. But he writes it on our hearts so that, um, you know, he writes it on our hearts so that we would know that, you know, because we're under grace now. We're under the new covenant. And um, the new covenant was there in the beginning with the old covenant. Only thing is that it, it wasn't revealed yet to us. You know, that's the reason why God, um, um, you know, everything in this word is for us. It's for our understanding. You know, the word is interpretable. It uh, interprets itself. And um, God sent all of these people in the, in the Bible and the word to help us to better live a life. There's nothing that's in this word that's not going on today. That is not understand, that can be understood what's going on right now because, um, Anyhow, yeah, I'll get to that. But um, so, yeah, you know, people, the soldiers, they ended up mocking him. They spit on him. They um, made him, they mocked him, made him put on um, clothes to make him and mocked him like he wasn't God. And, you know, they, they made him, they chose, um, compelled someone to uh, carry his cross for him. But just... They were just really cruel. They chose Jesus to crucify Jesus over two other thieves that were in prison with him. And um, one thing that I do remember is that, well, I know for sure it says is that um, um, when they put up Jesus and, and they asked the crowd if they'd rather have these two thieves or Jesus be crucified. And they kept saying Jesus and they said, let his blood be on us. And um that's exactly what it is. God's blood is on us because he saved us. If it wasn't for his death, then we would not have life. We would not be able to come to God right now. And I'm going to get into the reason in a little bit, the reason why it's important, why salvation through Jesus and his death is the utmost important. And, um, I mean, we know he died for us all. We know that um, it had to be done, but we don't know the reason why we need it. So we're going to. Okay. So, so Jesus died. Jesus died on the cross. He died on the cross for our sins. He was the, 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 the lamb, the propitiation for our sins. He shed his blood for us and he stayed on the, the cross. And, um, which is, is what I mean when I say he was on the tree and, um, he, uh, ended up giving up his spirit and, um, shedding his blood for all humanity. Then the veil of the curtain was, was torn and the, the veil represents Jesus's body. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it lets us know that Jesus was so compassionate for us. Jesus was so compassionate. He never, um, when people, you know, cursed him, when people yelled at him, when people were rude to him, when people did all types of things to him, he never not mumbled a word. He was so humbled and so um, 
full of love that only thing he can think of when people did that he just had this heart of love and compassion for them because he knew that they didn't understand what they were doing why they were doing it but he knew that in their heart their heart their heart was deceitful and that's the reason why they couldn't understand that this is God. Like I came to save you. I came to save the world. He said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but I came to save it. He said, I came to save the ones that are in darkness. I came to save the ones that, um, that have no hope. And he became that hope for us. Okay. I want to go to Hebrews. 1224 that's why I said I might have to do another part to this because twenty four. it says um, verse 24 to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant the new agreement like I just said and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So Jesus's blood is what covers us, is what gives us salvation, is what um, makes us pure. There's a scripture in the word, um, just a second, there's a scripture that says, and it's in Isaiah 118, I believe, it says, come now and let us reason together says God, though your sins are like red, like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. So right now in our sin, since we are full of sin, because it says in, in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So regardless whether we know or not, we were born into sin since the beginning of time when our first parents, Adam and Eve, was there. So since we have sinned and we've been born into sin, that blood that Jesus shed on the cross covered over all of those sins. And made us pure as white, made us pure, meaning that when Jesus, I mean, when God and Jesus look at us, that they don't look at us with that sin, that filth. You, you think of like a rag that's just been stained and you've been washing the tub all day and it's a white rag, but you see all these stains on it. You want to get these stains out, so you have to wash it. You have to go through whatever form of a way you wash it, bleach, what, you know, whatever. It's, you want it to get back into, to being white, to being clean. And that's what Jesus did for us in our hearts. He made us clean by, by cleaning us up with his blood. Okay, let's go to let's go to so that was his whole plan. You know, he just he came to save humanity. Let's go to John 12.46. If you have a Bible, please turn with me. If not, um, just follow along because it's, it's a lot. But for the main part, I mean, it's just knowing just who this awesome man is, you know. Okay, John 12, 40, chapter 12, verse 47. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. But I do not 
but I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. That's what I just said. Verse 48 says, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has not which judges him has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken would judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me gave me a command which I should say and what I should speak. And I know that this is verse 50. And I know that he command that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the father has told me, so I speak. Okay, let's go to. Um, Matthew, just a second. Bear with me, guys. Okay, guys, so we are going to go to Matthew chapter four. And this is um, a really, really good chapter that just delves into the why for the people out there. The why, uh, the reason why his blood, I mean, we know it's sin, but like, why is it sin? You know, why, why, why the blood? <clears throat> okay. Matthew 4, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. By the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, If you are the Son of God, he said, Command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, If it is written, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So at this point, Jesus, we, we've all experienced hunger. And, you know, like being at work or if you just had a busy day and sometimes you forget to eat. And um, you just get hungry. And when the hungry you get, you get weak because that is, uh, you know, a vital part of life is, is, is water and food. That That's our energy source. Keep us going, you know. But Jesus is talking about an everlasting energy source. And this word of God is our energy source. The word that that um, that 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 Jesus spoke to 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 Satan while he was weak, he was letting him know that regardless of how I'm 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 going against my my flesh, I'm going against how I feel, and I rather stand on the word of God because God is is I came down to as my Father sent me down here to do the will of Him, and that's to be pure to be holy he said be holy for i am holy so jesus was at his weak point like i said he's fully god and he's fully man and satan came to tempt him with food but he fought the word of god back with back to satan because satan knew the word too but um you know jesus he 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 he, he, he shows us in the scriptures how he's being faithful and to let us know that um, we can do the same thing. Like, you know, he says that but without the, that without understanding, without wisdom, then when we ask him, then he'll give that to us. But he says in other scriptures in Romans 10, 17, that how would those people hear the message? How would they know the message? Nobody's ever get, gotten preached to them. How would they understand? So he sent this word, this living word. 
Because like I said in a few episodes before, the word is a double-edged sword. It's active. It's alive. So he spoke these words, these active live words back to Satan. And there was power in those words. And that power carried him over because the spirit lived in him. The spirit of God lived in him. And that made that word that much more alive. And then it says in verse 5, let's go to where Matthew 5. Then it says, the devil took him up onto a high holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not too fond of heights. But once again, Satan took him all the way up onto a high holy city. And he said to him, if you are the son of man, throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands, they shall bear you up unless you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus, once again, he responded because he he knew Satan knew that he was fully God and he was fully human and he knew that he had the ability to save himself but he wanted to see if he was going to obey God but instead he Jesus responded it is written again you shall not tempt the Lord your God and once again you see another act Jesus sp speaking the word and he's being obedient again once again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. They looked not nice and sparkly, full of gold, and it was just, it, it just looked really, really enticing. And it says in verse 9, and he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. So another thing, you know, Jesus, like us. You know, we see things that we like. It might not be the whole kingdoms that, that entice us. It, it might be, you know, going to, you know, too much going to, you know, gambling or going to the casino. Or it might be uh, spending time with that person that, you know, you shouldn't spend time with. Or it might be um, indulging in, in, in our riches, buying clothes or whatever the case may be. The These kingdoms. This, this kingdoms with all their glory, they, that's, that's something that we wanted, you know? And, G, and Satan knew that he was trying to, once again, deceive Satan. I mean, he was trying, once again, to deceive Jesus in a different way. Each time, he, he, he tempted him in a different way. And this time, he was testing him to see if he was going to fall into his pride, Jesus knew who he was. He knew why he came down here was to do the will of God and he came to save us. He knew that he was fully God and he was fully man and he was more than able to be able to save himself if that came, if that need be. But Satan wanted him to do that in pride just to show that he did have that power. You know, and um, Jesus responded. And he said, all these things, okay, Jesus, I'm sorry, verse 10, Jesus responded, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall not worship the Lord, your, you shall worship, it is written, you shall worship the Lord, your God, and serve him only, shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered and strengthened Jesus. Okay, so the reason why I just talked about that, I feel like that is a wonderful example. You know, we just talked about Jesus dying on the cross for us, for our sins. He, he, he died innocently. And we talk, now we're talking about a story in Matthew 
right in the beginning of Jesus, where Jesus's ministry started. Um, he um, he was held, he was he had to go into the wilderness and he fasted for forty days, and then soon after that, Jesus came along. Um, at the end of that, because I'm sure he was hungry, he was weak, he was alone by himself. And I mean, we can relate on all points to that, you know, being hungry. We can relate on points to, to being tempted by, by desires of this world. And we can relate to just things, you know, our, our pride coming up because of, of the things that we want or the things that other people want. You know, we can relate to these things. But Jesus stood on God. He stood on Jesus, on his words that he said, because he is the living word. So he stood on his own words and he fought Satan with his own words because there is power in those words and um he was being obedient okay so my whole point for for that is saying that it says in mark 8 35 37 it says for 85 through 37 for whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it for what profit for what would profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul or what will a man give in exchange for his soul so jesus is that is the life it says in another scripture that he is um the bread of life and he came down the bread of life his body which is the veil that was torn that was his body he came down um from heaven to die for us so that we won't have to experience that death, that eternal, painful, torturous death, you know, and um, that was the whole point. So he's saying that, you know, we he, he is the true life. OK, another scripture. Just a second. Okay, we see we go to Romans six fourteen. It says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but you are under grace. So we are under grace now. We don't have to worry about this sacrificial system anymore, thank God. In John six, fifty two and fifty three, um, it says the Jews therefore argued among themselves saying how can how can this man give us his flesh to eat then Jesus said to them most assuredly I say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you so at this time the Jews and the Pharisees the Jews particularly were trying to get catch Jesus in a lie um, and you know they didn't really understand what Jesus meant when he says that he is the bread of life his body is the bread of life and that they should drink of him is because uh, their hearts were hardened they couldn't see um, Jesus from from a spiritual perspective of what he was saying but truly his flesh his body that died and his blood you know that's why he says if you would hunger and thirst after me because I'll, I'll fulfill you because if we take in his word which is his body and we drink of his blood which is the the purifying sanctif sanctification that cleanses us from all of our sins 
Okay, guys, just a second. Just a second. Now we're going to um, Romans 8, 3 and 4 says, For what the law could not do, and just like I just said, it says, And that it was weak through the flesh God did by sending his own son in the likeness of human flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in his flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I don't know if you guys, um, if you guys heard, watch my, listen to my segment on flesh versus spirit, you would see the reason why the uh, flesh and spirit, how they're against each other, you know, but God says that we walk in the spirit then we'll have life. Then we'll we'll we're we're showing that we're we're being righteous and that we're being obedient to him. Okay. So so let's go to John fourteen six. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have to go through God in order to get through Jesus. Like I said in another segment, Jesus and and God and the Holy Spirit are one. You know, in the, in the beginning, they were one and, and Jesus sent a piece of himself, which is Jesus in a form of a baby. And he came down as fully man and as fully God. And he, he came and he said that I am the way, the truth and the life. But the devil comes, he comes to steal, kill and destroy. But the difference between him and me is that I came that you might have life and you might have it abundantly. He says, I came so that. Um, that through me, you can get to the father because with our sin being blurred, God doesn't hear us. God doesn't, uh, he hears us. He loves us and he protects us. Like he said, he rained down. He, he, he brings rain down on the just and the unjust. He blesses the righteous and the unrighteous, but he can't tolerate sin because God is so pure. So when we pray to him, our sins are in the way. He wants us to be fully restored to him. So he had to send Jesus to be that propitiation of our sins. We had to go through Jesus in order to get to God. Praise God, right? That's the good news of grace on the tree is that he sent his son down um, as, as, as a living sacrifice so that we can have life, so that we can come to him fully. Be restored to him fully. Glory to God for making a way out of no way. Just like I said, Romans 5, 8, he says, he, he says in, um, in Romans 5, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He sent his son. Even while we were still sinners, he knew these things would happen because he's God. He knew this, the sin when it first came into the world, how it would taint our relationship with him. But still, he made a way out of no way. He said that there is no real love than this, than one that lays down his life for his friends. And that's what Jesus did. He laid down his life for in the entire world. For the entire world, brothers and sisters. Okay, just just a second. We're going to get ready to go to um In John 1:14, it says he became flesh and made his living among us as the person of Jesus Christ. So that just pretty, you know, that share shares more light to the fact of in the scripture because our word, this is where we're going by. And if he is the word and he's the living word, he came down as a person. Holy 
You know, that's why it says in another scripture that G that God is the author and perfecter of our faith because he sent his son down for us so that we can be saved once and for all so that we can have everlasting life with him. OK, guys, I'm going to stop right here. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to stop right here and. um you know, but but praise God for the words for, for Jesus and his ministry um, and, and all of the things that the, the miracles that he did in the word, um, you know, that would just encourage us, just lets us know how real he is and how much he loves us, guys. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I have I'm going to do another part as well. Um, let's have a word of prayer and um I'll see you guys again. Lord's will, I see you guys again soon. Dear Father, thank you, Lord, for your son that you sent down for my sins, Father God, so that I can be made new in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all of these things that you've done for humanity, Lord. It's a scripture that you says that that. There is sheep that aren't in my fold that are going to be drawn to me. I'm going to draw and leave them to me. So you did this for the entire world. Even the worstest person that has sin, the worstest person that has um, afflictions, that may have committed murder, that may have did. You died for that person because you love them. You look past their sin. You look past their pain. You look past our weaknesses, Lord, and you still love us fully, unconditionally. We give you praise, honor, and glory for that, Father. I thank you and... I give you the utmost praise because of salvation's plan, execution, and success. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Protect and guide um, the, the, your, your sheep, Lord, the people of this world, Lord. We need you, Father. We love you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, guys, you guys have a wonderful night. Um, I love you. If someone told you today they love you, guess what? I do. And I will see you guys again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello again. I'm coming to you again with another powerful message from God from me to you. I just decided to just finish this whole series tonight, guys, because I love you guys so much. And um, so I'm just going to finish up Grace on a Tree. And um, <clears throat> I hope it's like I said, it's it's a blessed uh, series and it breaks down uh, who God is. And I mean, there's other parts to it also that's more in depth. But um, this just talks about. Jesus and his salvation. So once again, bear with me. I love you guys. Let's have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father of heaven and earth, Lord, we come to you, Father. Um, we want to finish up this grace on a tree tonight, Father. Uh, we love you and we want to glory and talk about Jesus and how he came to the world um, and died for us, Father. We thank you, Father, for your sacrifice that you made, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you made a way out of no way, Father. 
for everyone that hears, you say, will receive. And I pray that these people will receive. If it's a joy, please receive your word, Lord. I pray that these listeners will be able to grasp and understand how you are love and that you don't put the the, the, the judgments and the, the great anger and all the other great, a God full of um, hatred on us, but you have all of these compassions. You said in your word that his compassions fail us not because you sent your son to die for us. You have this deep love on all of us, Father. I pray as I continue this message, Lord, that you will you will speak through me, Holy Spirit, about this this wonderful love, so that we can understand the depth of it all. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, guys, I love you guys so much. I'm gonna just finish up this series tonight because. I mean, it's just, you can't have one without the other. And I was looking at it and I'm like, you know what? I was getting somewhere, but the segment's already 40 minutes. So, um, I mean, you can't have this one without the other. So go ahead and upload it. Anyway, so let's do that. Okay, so we were just talking about, we were just talking about um, Jesus coming down, being the life um dying for us on a cross shedding his blood on a cross on um on a cross and um then he died he died and and they buried him in a tomb um they buried him in a tomb at a place called Golgotha or place of the skulls and um it's funny because when they buried him they they buried him in like a rich man's tomb like someone that that's very it's very expensive versus someone like jesus jesus when he walked he was very poor he lived here and there you know and he died in a very royal way and um he died and then he died on a friday and then he rose again brothers and sisters he rose from the grave three days later which is um his resurrection and um, that's how that became complete let's let's delve more into that okay just a second okay here we go so John 11 let's go to John chapter 11 Okay, guys, we're going to start in John 11, verse 20. No, John 11, verse 18. It says, Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother, Lazarus, as Lazarus had just died. Um, and then it says, um, and many of the Jews joined 
the women around Martha and Mary okay, to comfort them. And then it says in verse 20, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met Jesus. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Mar Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Amen. So we know that Martha had a lot of faith. And in verse 23, it says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, Martha. Martha said to Jesus, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the at the last day. Jesus said to her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall not shall never die. Do you believe this? Verse 27, she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she said these things, she went, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. Okay, let's just stop there. It goes on. But I really just wanted to focus on verse 25. Jesus, once he died, once he died and once he rose again, um, Martha and Mary, these same people went to the tomb and prepared spices for Jesus at the tomb. And they recognized this huge stone that was in front of it was missing. I mean, it wasn't missing. It was it was pushed aside. I mean, it had to have taken 10 people just to push it, but it was pushed aside and Jesus's body was gone, you know, and the angel, the angel of the Lord, uh, I believe was uh, Gabriel came and um, told them that Jesus has risen, which is the good news. Jesus has risen. He's, he's risen from the grave and he's alive. He's, he's in heaven. You know, God is the only one in the entire world that can die and take up life again. You know, so now he's telling her, even though they're talking about um, he's talking about his body, you know, saying that, you know, so so Mar Martha really knew Jesus. He, she knew her word. She believed in God. And she was telling she was she thought that Jesus she thought that um, that Jesus was saying like. She was she was telling J Jesus that she thought that he meant that since his brother died, that he'll rise again because Jesus is coming back for us for us. Um, you know, to take us to heaven very, very soon, actually. But Jesus was referring to him being the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. So that death, when I say everlasting life, and when I say that um, Jesus comes so that we can have access to the Father. I don't mean just physical life, like having long life, earthly life. I mean eternal life, like in heaven after this life has passed away because this world and all its passions are going to be passed away very, very soon. And Jesus was there in the beginning. He'll be there in the end. But we will reign with him because we have light and because we are just like his son. We're pure and we're holy. And that's the whole point of this, brothers and sisters, because he wants to restore us back to himself again he created us you know but sin separated him from from him sin separated us from him and that's why he's so heartbroken that's why he's so um you know upset because in the beginning it wasn't like this 
Okay, so, you know, then Mary. Okay, so we go on. If you read this story, um, Jesus goes and uh, with Martha and Mary um, to um, prepare for Lazarus's uh, death. And Jesus ends up doing a, a beautiful miracle by awakening Lazarus. And he ended up living and praising God. Uh, for his life that he has. But Jesus' whole example, uh, his whole reason behind this for us to know is that he is that life. Like regardless if we die in our, in our earthly bodies, we go to the ground, we'll still rise with him. We'll still rise and reign with him in heaven forever. So really we're not dead. We're, we'll live because once he comes back, we'll have immortality. Immortality means um, not prone to death. Right now we are mortal. So immortality means that mortal means human. Immortal means not, you know, not human. Okay, so but when Jesus comes back, we'll have we'll be completely perfected and we'll have immortality and we'll reign with him in heaven with the beautiful trees, all of God's glory. You know, there'll be no more pain, no more shedding tears. There'll be no more, um, no evil. It's just be complete harmony. And that's his whole purpose. God's whole uh, marvelous plan for him. I mean, when I think about God and I think about just how he just thought of that it's just like only a true god that had all the wisdom all the dominion all of the power would be able to like think of something like this you know what i mean it just it just blows me it, it, it it's just a lot to take in okay so we, we, we're gonna go to we're gonna we're in john Okay, so we see in Colossians 1, 21, verse 22, chapter 1, verse 21 and 22, it says, And you were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above, above reproach. Reproach just means like um, disappointed, you know, not happy with, disappointed before God. So that was the whole point. We were, we're able to sin alienated us from God, but Jesus reconciled and restored that by his body, by his flesh. Okay. Another scripture. I like that. I like what it says because it just says it perfectly. First Peter one, eight says Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you, seen him you still love though now you do not see him yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory okay we're going to come back to that because that talks a lot about um So, yes, we see, brothers and sisters, that sin is in the world. Everything, the passions, the lust of it is in the world. You know, right now we are in the last and evil days. In Psalm 141, I mean, in Acts 240, it says, with 
many other words Jesus warned them and he pleaded with them saying save yourselves from this corrupt generation so this whole generation right now is full of of evil of hate of deceit and that is um God is so God is so full of majesty and so glorious that he's allowing Satan to do these things on earth in order to give us a choice whether if we want to choose to come to him or whether we want to choose his way he's giving Satan power to do that brothers and sisters because he loves us God has so much power like just like in the the series before Jesus he restored the ear of one of the servants he didn't have to do that, but he did that because he wanted to prove that, look, you know, I can I can restore you. Satan tempting him. He could have thrown himself down and picked himself up. He could have um, he could have turned Jesus. He could have turned Satan into a loaf of bread if he wanted to. So he could eat because he was so hungry. He could have done those things, but he chose not to because he wants to give us an opportunity he wants us to come to him in faith and in love he doesn't want to put pressure on us with those things the world puts pressure on us in those things but god gives us grace and in first corinthians he says in second corinthians 12 9 he says my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weaknesses for we have so many weaknesses brothers and sisters we have so many weaknesses in this world and god knew all of those weaknesses and he said that i still will restore you to myself he said for your weaknesses my strength is made perfect in those weaknesses i know if you guys ever heard of um philippians 4 13 it says that um, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me because God gives us the strength right now to this day just to go out about our jobs, just to be able to move and breathe and talk and to lay down and to think for ourselves. He gives us the ability to do that by his power and his strength. We as human beings don't have the ability our, our, our abilities and our strengths are limited, but God's is unlimited. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, if you want glory, if you want to overcome sin, if you want to overcome death, if you want to overcome the evil of this world, to seek after my son, go through my son, and then you will have eternal life. And through that life, you will be able to shine as my lights. And I will give you that strength so that you can overcome everything of this world because apart from God we can truly brothers and sisters we can't do anything but with God we can do all things so let's go to John 12 13 we, we see in John 1 chapter 1 verse 12 and 13 it says for as many as received him he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but have been born of God okay so we receive God if we receive his testimony of his son, if we receive that, you know, it's just like a, you know, we, we just can't get through God without Jesus. Jesus is the most important source. Like I said, that is why he is the good news. 
so let's talk about let's talk about this world like let's talk about why i mean we know sin is in the world but let's talk about what's to come right now like in detail about it why um we need god i mean it's evident of what's going on but we we need scripture to back it up because without scripture then you know we, we just need scripture to back it up <laughs> okay so let's go to second timothy second timothy 3 verses 1 through 5 but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of God. Have nothing, he says, have nothing to do with such people. So we see, brothers and sisters, these are the things that's going on right now. I'm going to go to another couple of scriptures too that um, talks about like just the end time, the end time we're in. I believe it's in uh, Thessalonians. I believe it's in Thessalonians, but just a second. Uh, uh, second. Okay, so we're going to go to Mark chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 13. It's, it's not really as, as clear. It's another scripture that's a lot clearer than that, but... Um, okay, chapter 13, verse 7 says, But when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled, for such things must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places, and there will be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows, but watch out for yourselves, brothers and sisters, for they will deliver you up to councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogues. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake and for the testimony to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, you do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speak, but it is the Holy Spirit that speaks. <laughs> It says, now brother will betray brother to death and father to his son and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated um, by all people for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And then he goes on to say, um, so when you see the abomination of emptiness spoken of by Daniel. And then he goes on once I, you know, to um, verse 23 um, to 32, he goes on and says, the stars from heaven will fall out the sky. Then um, um, 
For false prophets and false people will rise up and show signs and wonders and deceive, if possible, even the chosen. But take heed, see that I have told you all these things beforehand. After the stars fall out the sky, he said, then the son of man coming in the clouds with great power and great glory. Okay, we're going to come back to, to that. No, we're, no, we're not going to come back to that. We're going to go back to, um, to Thessalonians 5. But that's good, too. I'm thinking about revising an episode and putting that piece in there because he talks about the false prophet, false prophets and the people that's coming to the world. But okay, um chapter second Corinthians chapter um wait a minute. Okay, first Corinthians chapter five talks about um so anyways brothers and sisters what we see here is these things that's gonna that's going on now and that still haven't happened yet this is prophecy prophecy means that things that have happened before it actually happened so this is like what's gonna happen in the future god predicted all of these things that's gonna happen and these things are happening now brothers and sisters so we have to really be equipped we have to really take heed to what god is saying because like i said his word is the living it's living it's active and you know he knows he's god you know he's fully he's fully god and he has he's omnipotent he's everywhere so he knows all of these things so it says and um so that is the reason i'm going back to that is the reason why um because of sin that that's the cause of sin because of sin being in the world these things have to happen these things have to happen and in, in order for him to come back so it's not going to get better you know there's no reason to pray for um you know justice in the world for these things god said that these things must take place before i return but we can pray for spiritual justice for these people to be to turn and they, they can come to god and people like me and me and you and we you know preach and talk about the word of god because we can save them from spiritual death because remember, Jesus came in everlasting life to give us everlasting life so that we can come onto the right hand of God and we can live and reign in heaven forever. He's given us that. So now it's in, in 1 Corinthians 5, he says, um, Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. Okay, let's stop at this scripture. So right now, he's saying people are... Um, think that they're safe they think that they're at peace you know and that you know this is just life and nothing's going to change but then god says he's coming as a thief in the night you know he says another scripture if the thief knew that if the person knew that the thief was coming then he would have locked up all his personal his personal goods or his things that he thought valuable but since we don't know that's the same analogy since we don't know when Jesus is coming we have to be that much prepared since we don't know the coming of him and that's what he's saying in chapter 5 verse 3 
And then he says, upon them comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. So I have never been pregnant. Okay, so I can't really <laughs> vouch for what it would be like to have a kid and knowing that it's birth pains. But, um, I, 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 you know, my sister, you know, my family members, friends <laughs> have told me, you know, it's, it's a, a very terrible, uh, hurtful feeling to go through. So I can't really relate to that, but I do know it's painful. And um, but God is just saying that they won't escape. Imagine having birth pains if you're a woman and they just never escaping. Like he's saying that this pain, this agony of knowing that I'm here now and that you're ashamed and that you, you didn't come to me and you're ashamed and you're pained of all of these things. And and that's the reason why um, that's what he mean by birth pains. And in verse four, it says, but you brothers are not in darkness so that this day which is the judgment day that this is coming back for us on. That's what he means when he always says day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, but we are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. So he's saying that we have to watch. We have to be alert um, right now, you know, waiting for him to come but also just um but it's just trying our best to live and walk in the light of god that's what he's saying okay i want to jump down to this goes back guys this is the scripture okay let's jump down to chapter nine remember i said in the first series before i said um that you know god isn't all about judgment and anger like he came for it for us okay it says in in first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9 it says for god did not appoint us to wrath wrath means like um great anger like exceeding large you know but to obtain salvation through our lord jesus christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep we should live together with him. That is the thing. Whether we are, whether we're dead or whether we're alive, God died for the dead and he died for the living so that we all can come to him. You know, he wants all of us to come to heaven, but he, he's given us a choice. You know, it wouldn't be love if he didn't give us free will, but he gives us that choice to choose. Um, you know, what we want, you know, to, to go to. Okay. And then it says, therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are. Okay. So that's the point I wanted to make there. Okay. Let's go to, um, okay. So let's let's backtrack let's go to we're gonna go to romans but let's go to luke 10 25 and 28 so you know since um we're in the gospels right now they say matthew mark luke john is the gospels and you know jesus is the good news and this is basically talking about jesus's ministry and 
um, him, his disciples, he ordained as apostles, all the miracles. He then, this talks of, I mean, the Old Testament talks of Jesus too. It talks about, you know, it doesn't really say Jesus, but he talks as the one that's coming to save, you know, in Isaiah 9, 6, they call him a morning star. And, you know, so they make mention of, that's why I said that there's, even though the, that's the old agreement, and Jesus is the new agreement that he wrote on our hearts with his blood, um, with the old, you know, the Ten Commandments. Um, he, he, he still, that was still going on in the beginning around this time. And that's the time that they were doing that had the sacrificial system. So now, you know, like I said, let's go to Luke. Luke 15. I'm sorry, Luke 10. What am I talking about? Luke 10, chapter 25, verse... Chapter 10, verse 25 through 20, 28. And behold, a ruler... And behold, a, a lawyer stood up to him to test Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and with all your strength and mind and love your enemies and your neighbors as yourself. And Jesus answered, You have answered correct. Do this and you shall live. So we see even here, you know, the greatest commandment is, is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and our soul, you know, and with all our strength, everything. It says in, um, in um, Proverbs, it's trust in the Lord, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall make your path straight. So once we put our trust and our faith in Jesus, once we put our everything into that god gives us eternal life he gives us eternal life he says that the life that i give you the water that i give he told the lady at the well the water that i give you is not of this fountain but it's the water that 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 you thirst after it will well up until eternal life to everlasting life so that you will not thirst again in another scripture it says in isaiah 55 Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what does, is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Uplift your ear to hear what I'm saying. Come to me and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting agreement with you. So Jesus, this is this is God and Jesus calling us. He's giving us that call. Like I said, he doesn't force us to do anything because that would not be love. But he's calling us and telling us that because of this sin that's in this world, because of these terrible times that are going on right now, because of the sin and the, and the evil that's going on in the world, 
you are not happy. You are full of your heart is downtrodden. You're you're depressed. You're evil. You're you're seeking after these broken cistern cups, and you're trying to fill yourself with all these different things, this water and everything. But that's because I created you. I didn't. I didn't create you to be apart from me. But if you are restored to me, then I will give you the water that fills up and overflows. Full of abundance with joy inexpressible he's saying that brothers and sisters that this water that he gives this water that he pours out into our heart which is the holy spirit that he's speaking of this is what he gives us all this is the call that he's giving us brothers and sisters It says in John 16, 22, therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will re rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. God gives us joy. He gives us uh, love. He gives us peace when we come to him. He is every he is everything of that. This world, what this world has to give us is counterfeit compared to what God can give to us. Our brothers and sisters in the beginning of time, brothers and sisters, had a relationship with Jesus. They had a relationship with God the Father. He walked with them. He talked with them in, 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 the, in the Garden of Eden. I forgot the name of it, Garden of Gesserine, something. But the Garden of Eden, he walked with them and talked with them. They didn't have any lack for anything because Jesus, God, was there. They were in a relationship with him. But when we separate from God, that's when we thirst after other things because he designed our souls. He designed our hearts. He designed our hearts. He is the creator. So he given us those things that we need when we're with him but separated from him he can't help us he can help us he can help us and keep us safe but he can't help us to to live that joyful abundant exceeding light that he always planned for us that's the call brothers and sisters that's the call through his son jesus christ that he sent when we go through his son jesus christ he's given this call of salvation not to you just because you have a job not to you because you have have little money not to you because you're a president he gave this call for everyone that thirsts after him that thirsts for a better way that has that emptiness in their heart for those people that don't know that they don't have any hope in the world Jesus became that hope brothers and sisters Jesus became that hope so that when he got up and we can get up with him again in eternal life Okay, Joshua 1.9 says, The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. When we come to God, there's a scripture in Matthew, it says that you seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Once we seek God, he gives us everything that we need. He gives us everything that we need, probably some of the things that we want, but everything that we need in this life. But we have to. You, you have to choose, brothers and sisters. You have to choose right now if you want... Um, if you want to choose God or you want to choose the enemy's way, you want to choose um, the heaven's way or you want to choose the worldly way. You know, th this 
God gives you that. In 2 Corinthians 5, 14, he says, for the love of Christ compels us. Compel means like just strongly moving someone to do something like almost like a possession, almost like just you just feel in your heart that instinct to do it. It says, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. Like I just said a while ago, he got up and resurrected out of the tomb so that we can die to ourselves in the flesh, but we can live eternally in heaven, everlasting life with him. That is what he's saying. And since he sent his son, and like it said in Romans 5, 8, he said, but he sent his son even while we were sinners, even while we were sinners, he sent his son into the world for us to die so that we can have life okay so it comes down to brothers and sisters in luke 179 i want to just say this in luke 179 it says jesus came to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to give our feet into the way of peace once again, here's that that key word is, is, is peace. He, he's not doing it for the benefit of himself. He's not saying, oh, okay, if you come to me, then guess what? I have all these souls and, you know, I have more power. He's full of power. You know, he is the power source. But he's saying, like, you're sitting in darkness. I'm full of light, but you're sitting in darkness. You're in the shadow of death right now, of eternal death. You're Right now, you have a broken and contrite spirit. Right now, you're going through this place. You're doing those things that, that, that are waging war against your soul, and you're not happy. But I want to give you that peace. I want to give you that contentment. And that only that contentment is in me. So he's telling us, like, through our son through his son that we can have peace since he died on a tree since he died on calvary and he shed his blood that through his blood we can have everlasting life brothers and sisters first john 1 9 if you hear this call brothers and sisters it says if we confess our sins and says and and truly admit our sins and say that he is faithful and just to forgive them and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness is saying that if you can if you repent of your sins to god and you truly mean that and you say that he's faithful and he's just and you know for sure you have faith that he can cleanse you from all of those sins you will be saved you will be saved brothers and sisters In Ezekiel 18, 4, it says, Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. So we see here, God created us. He created our souls. He said in another scriptures, even before you were even thought of in your mother womb, I crafted you. I made you. I made every piece of part of you. You know, so God, we all belong to God, really, anyways. But he's he's like I said, he's given us a choice to choose. We were created in the image of God, brothers and sisters. We have we're the only creation that he created that has the knowledge of good and evil. You know, we're the only ones that have free will. You know, he's given us dominion over the animals of everything of this world. He said, you are a manager of everything of this world. 
So since he has given that, that is evident in itself enough that he loves us. But since he has given that to us, he gives us free will to choose if we want to serve him as well. That's what he's saying. Okay, I'm going to end this shortly. But I want to just, just think about that. First John 1 John 1.9, if you, if you hear that call, all you have to do is repent of your sins. And you can have this abundant life in Jesus. And I can testify to myself that this new life in Jesus is, is more than enough. It's fulfilling. It's purposeful. It's hopeful. It's joyful. It's peaceful. You know, it's less burdensome. In Matthew, where is that scripture? It says that, come to me all those who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. God takes the heavy burden of sin, of worries, of stresses, of disappointments, of people, of addictions, all of these things. He takes that burden and uplifts it off our back and he gives us his light burden because these things that we worry about today are not that important to God. Because when he gives us his light low, we don't have to worry about these plans. We don't have to try to fend for ourselves because he does all of those things for us. He does all of those things for us. And that is his call that he's saying. I'm trying to go to. Um, in Proverbs 28, 13 and 14, it says, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and abandons those sins will have mercy. Happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. This is a wonderful scripture because it talks about. Like if we try to continue to cover over our shames and pretend like they're not there, pretend like we're, we, we, you know, that there's, we have no knowledge of them, you know, but if we f confess our sins, repent and turn away from those sins and we put our hope and our joy into Jesus, God says that happy is the man who is always reverent. Reverent means like, um, um, like you just not, not fear. It's not like fearing God, but it's just like worshiping him and having like the utmost highest respect for God. And it says, but he who hardens his heart, that is the reason why we can't hear from God. That is the reason why there's so much evil and so many murders and things and things like that going on is because our heart is hardened. But God didn't design for that to happen. He in the in the beginning of time, He had He gave Adam and Eve a soft heart, a saw a heart of, of so they can see Him spiritually. Because remember, God is spirit, so He's given them a spirit of um. I mean, he's given them a, a heart of flesh that's soft. When our heart is hardened, and that means that our, if our heart is hardened, that means that our eyes are going to be hardened. But if our eyes are soft, then that means that we'll be able to see the light of God and we'll be able to accept his call. But even if you can't see, even if your heart is not hardened, even if your heart is hardened, God makes this call for every single person in the world. He tells us that. Romans 12, 21, he says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Earlier today, you know, so we, we if we 
reason why I threw that in there is because, you know, evil is in this world. But when we come to God, he helps us to be that perfect person, that perfect perfection like he is, holiness like he is. He doesn't do it overnight. But the, the joy in that is that he gives us peace. He gives us uh joy he gives us life he gives us all of these things the fruits of the spirit if you guys can look into it i think it's um galatians 5 22 and to 25 and it talks about love joy peace pay he gives us all of those things brothers and sisters It says, for God's compassions and Lamentations 3.22, for God's compassions never fail. His mercies never come to an end. God has so much mercy and love and compassion for us, guys. That's the scripture I talked about in the other, in the first um, episode I did before this. God gives us compassion. He doesn't look at us uh, as doomed as, and, and pointing our, his fingers at us. He doesn't do all of those things. So he's like a loving father and he wants us to come back to him. In Romans 10, 9, it says, if you declare that Jesus is Lord and believe that God brought him back to life, you will be saved. Okay, you will be saved once and for all. I'm going to read two more scriptures to you guys. I'm thinking about repeating that just a second. All right. First um, John 5, 9 and 10. It says, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of which he has testified of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. He who believes in the son has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made God a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given of his son, Jesus Christ. So. The witness of, of God, the witness of God um, is through Jesus. Jesus is the witness that God is real. When he came down into flesh as a human being, as a man, and died for us, holy, sinless. He didn't have any sins. He was pure and he died. That is the witness he's talking about, brothers and sisters. But he's saying that we need to believe in his son. Because if it wasn't for his son, that we wouldn't have the new life, the restoration that we have with the father. Okay, now in John 17... John, chap John chapter 17, verse 1 and 2. Let's go there. John 17, 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, 
the hour has come glorify your son that your son may also glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he shall give eternal life to as many as has get as you have given him so this is this is Jesus praying to God right before he's getting crucified. He prayed to him, of course, Lord, let this pass over me. I don't want to die. He was afraid. Like I'm I'm gonna die. I want to be crucified by these people, these cruel people. But at the same time, he was saying, If it's not in if it's not not my will, Lord, but let your will be done if this ha should have to happen. So even though he was saying that he was also rejoicing in God and saying, you know what, since, you know, I'm doing your will, that um, I know that after this, you will have give me dominion over everyone of the world because I sacrificed my life, because I was humble and I was lowly and I died humble. You exalted me up above every living thing, even the angels of God. Jesus has dominion over the angels of God. He has more power than the angels in heaven. But God, because God has given him authority over all flesh, that Jesus shall give eternal life to as many as have as God has given him. So that's the call. So however many souls, however many people receive this testimony, they will be saved. So if this call, if it, if it, if this call uh, touches your heart, if it penetrates your heart and you know that uh, you want to, to have some of this life, you want to have some of this living water that Jesus gives. He died on a tree for us so that we can have life. In Isaiah 53, 6, it says, we have all strayed like sheep. Each one of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid all our sins on Jesus. We stray from God. Remember that he didn't stray from us. But he's not he's not holding that against you either. But he's just giving you this call saying, come to me, come. Drink of this water, eat of my flesh. He said, you won't hunger and thirst after the world, but you're hungry and thirst for righteousness. Because with me, there's peace, there's love, there's joy, there's liberty, there's freedom. You will be set free. From fear, you be set free from all of that because that's not of God. That's not of his kingdom. So if you hear this call, brothers and sisters, 1 John 1, 9, just confess and say we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive them and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He, we will be saved. In Romans 10, 9, if you declare, declare means to proclaim out of your mouth. You're saying like, look, I'm declaring this, this statement. I'm saying this statement. This is that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God brought back to life his son. Then you will be saved. God can't tell a lie. Remember I said in the scripture early, he can't tell a lie. But he opens his door. He opens the door up for all that who, who are are broken, all that who are who are in sin, all that who are in the darkness. He gives us that. Okay, brothers and sisters, it's been a really. Um, I pray. I know that this is going to touch you. I love each and every one of you. We're going to stop right here. <clears throat> That's the call, though, brothers and sisters. Um. Just choose for yourself. Choose wisely. I can testify to myself of this life that I have in God, that I have peace now, brothers and sisters, that I relinquish 
all I, I relinquish all of my my uh, love, all of my um, my worries, all of my burdens, all of my sins, all of all of those things I give to God and I'm set free. I'm set free from those things. I'm going to do a separate um, series in the future. I know I say, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a separate one about my testimony. If you guys listen to Is God, Is God Real? You will hear a little bit of my testimony in the back, but in, um, towards the end of it. But I'm going to do a separate one, you know, just talking about my testimony. In general, I came to God, but he gives that to you. I love each and every one of you. But guess what? God loves you that much more. He loves you so much. We can't even comprehend how much he loves us. So let's have a word of prayer, guys. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, you are the Lord of the universe. You are the Lord of all creation, God. You created all things, Lord, for yourself, God. You love us so much, Father, that you sent your son on the cross to die for us, even while we still were sinners, even while we still were in the darkness. You still made a way. Help us, Father. Help us to make that decision if you have, they have a relationship with you, if people out there that have a relationship, help us to make that decision to want to better ourselves and to want to um, prune ourselves to be more like you. You said in your word that, um, that those that bear fruit, that you'll prune them so they'll bear more fruit. And those that don't bear the right kind of fruit, that you'll, you'll tear those out. But the ones that want to produce your, your fruit, Father, I pray that you prune us, Lord, so that we'll be better built up for your kingdom, Father. I pray, Father, for the ones that are hearing this message, Lord, that you would touch their hearts, Lord, that you would touch their hearts, Father, and that you would help them to come to you, Lord, so they can take this water that you offer them, Lord. You offer them freedom. You offer us new life. You want to restore us to yourself because we belong to you. Lead them, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray all of these things. Amen. All right, guys. I'll be coming back on here again. Have a blessed night.